This is a Dreamcast disc and is for use only on a Dreamcast unit. Playing this disc on a hi-fi or other audio equipment can cause serious damage to its speakers. Dreamcast, up to six billion players. Welcome back to the stage of history. Why don't we play together? Hey, 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 it's time to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go! Please stop this disc now. Now, 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 now. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Dreamcast Junkyard Impod. My name is Tom and I'm joined by, well, we've got a 50-50 split cast today. We've got half of us are here in the UK and half of us are over in the United States. Obviously, again, I am Tom. I'm joined by my UK-based co-host, Mike Phelan. Hello, Mike. Hello, Tom. And uh, we're joined from the from the States, as I say, by Caleb. Hello, Tom. How's it going? All right? I'm doing fine. Fantastic. We've also got a very special guest. He. Uh, this is your third appearance now in the Junkyard uh, Dream Pod, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. That's uh, Stephen Robinson from Dreamcast Hub. Welcome, Stephen. Hello. Hi, everybody. Sounding very, very uh, chipper. Yeah. <laughs> Good to have you. <laughs> Good to have you on board again. Right, this is going to be quite a news-heavy episode, so we're just going to kind of jump in and uh, discuss you know, all the new topics that have been coming to the fore in the Dreamcast community, which is really weird to say here now in 2017, we're talking about a system that has been dead, for want of a better word, for you know almost 20 years, and we've still got new things to talk about, which is excellent. Um, first thing I'm going to talk about, though, is nothing to do with the Dreamcast. I just wanted to get your opinions, guys. Uh, the Nintendo Switch was announced, or not announced, but kind of really given its full reveal last week. I know that Rob, one of our regular co-hosts, uh, went to the Switch launch event uh, here in London, uh, but he's not he's not here today, But uh, so it would have been good to have his uh, opinions, but um, just wondered what you guys thought of the of the Switch and whether you're going to pick one up. Mike, I'll come to you first. What do you think? I think the initial line of games is quite poor. Mm. Um, I, I, the only game I was really interested in is Lego City, Lego City Undercover, which I loved on the Wii U. Yeah. But I found out today it's on the Xbox One and PS4 soon, so that's pretty much my only reason for buying a Switch gone. Yeah, I saw you tweeting about that earlier. Yeah, it's, I, it looks alright. Look, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be negative about it. I'm sure people will like it, but I bought the last three Nintendo consoles on day of release, and to be honest with you, I, I don't see anything which it, it's doing which interests me that much, really. That's fair enough. What about you, Stephen? What are your thoughts on the Switch? I mean, I, I think the concept is really cool. I, I dig the general idea of it. Um, I mean... It's underpowered for a new console, but it's not underpowered for what it is. And, um, I mean, everybody's kind of complaining about the price of it. I think it's fine as far as the price. I mean, you buy a cell phone for like 600 bucks. This thing obviously is way more powerful than that. Um, the initial launch of games, I will say, I also agree is pretty weak. The only one I'm really excited for is Xenoblade because I love that whole series. And, uh, but Zelda, the, the other big one you can get on Wii U. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I thought that was kind of dumb. They should have just released it for the new system so that they can actually get some sales on it. But yeah, I don't know how much confidence a lot of folks have in the Nintendo consoles anymore. That's interesting. Uh, What about you, Caleb? Uh, I think he brought up the same point, uh, underpowered. I really don't trust Nintendo at this point to have like a good user experience. Like I hate, I really just hate like iPads and stuff as is. Um, and I don't like using stuff like that. So I just don't see, this is not for me. It's obviously, this is going to be great. If, you know, if 
this is going to be for a different group of people, and I just don't think it's going to be anything I'm very interested in. I might change my tune, though. Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, my opinions kind of mirror everything that's been already said here. The one thing that I've um, just a bit confused by is the fact that when the Vita came out, uh, and one of the main criticisms about the Vita was that a lot of the games were console games, and people didn't want to play console games on a handheld. Yeah. But yeah, this is kind of the appeal for a lot of people who are saying they're going to buy one. So it's, it's kind of mixed messages. I don't know. It looks like a cool system. Uh, eventually, I may get one in the future. Right now, though, as you guys have said, there's nothing really on it for me. I like uh, racing games. I know it's got Mario Kart coming, but I like racing sims. Nothing there for me, really. Okay, that's our quick switch news roundup sorted. Uh, let's move on to our main, well, not our main topic, but we'll talk about what we've picked up uh, recently on the Dreamcast and on other systems. Uh, gentlemen, if you don't mind, I'll go first because I'll be really quick. Uh, I've been playing on the PS4, I've been playing The Witcher 3 and Need for Speed Rivals, which is quite an old game, but it's... Uh, <laughs> we got somebody, <laughs> somebody, coming, somebody coming into the dream pod. We've got a late arrival. <laughs> um, Need for Speed, Need for Speed Rivals uh, because it was five pounds in the sale. Uh, on the PS2, I've been playing a game called Metal Black, which is a part of the Taito collection, and it's a sort of a side-scrolling 2D shmup uh, arcade roots. I believe it was originally going to be Darius 3, but it was changed to Metal Black. And on the Dreamcast, uh, I've been playing a lot of fishing games. You might have seen the article I did, you know, the Ultimate Guide to Dreamcast Fishing Games. And apart from that, just a bit of Headhunter, which I was uh, playing for most of yesterday afternoon before I wrote the uh, the kind of mini-review I put up on the junkyard. So that's all I've been doing. Cool. Let's go around the table and see what everybody else has been playing. Mike, what have you been doing? Uh, so I've been on the Dreamcast. I'm on my, my quest to review every game on Dreamcast. I've got to the letter E. And um, mm. so I've, I've been doing Evil Dead and Evil Twin this week. Um, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> wasn't the most exciting of weeks, got to be honest with you. Evil Dead is is um, is poor. Poor game. Um, mm. The other games, so on the modern consoles, I don't know, I'm in a bit of a rut at the current time. I don't I haven't really find anything I want to play. XCOM 2, I'm going to play XCOM 2 oh, yeah. on Xbox One. Um, and I've been playing uh, Dirt Rally and WRC 5, uh, 6. Oh, lots so of rally fun. then. Yeah. Oh yeah, always rally. Yeah, I, Interesting, um, WRC 6 is only coming out in the US in like March or something. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter about WRC 6 coming out. And I was just like, wait, have I, what? Hey, what? It's already out. But then I realised, oh, it's the American release. So yeah, yeah. Spice is getting an American release because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know, but I'm guessing the worldwide championship isn't massive in the states. No, no. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, Caleb, what have you been playing? What have you been doing? Uh, I recently just, uh, I recently just hosted yet another excellent retro video game day event. Nice. Uh, uh, and there was a lot of little kids there, and I was really surprised. I had, uh, you know, the two games which were big hits, of course. Uh, I set up the Samba de Amigo. Oh, yes. And that the was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. So yeah. we had, like, a lot of people with, like, families there. So there was actually uh, ended up a lot of uh, more kids than I usually get at events like this. Mm. So that was hilarious, seeing little kids playing that. And the other surprise hit for the Dreamcast for that event was actually Bomberman Online. Oh, cool. And I think it's just because it was just a, a simple game that, like, pretty much anybody remembered. Like, obviously, parents recognized it from their versions that they played when they were kids, and the little kids could easily get into it because they could just see it's... the If you go into battle and you just start up the multiplayer, mm. uh, and it's just the simple map, 
And yeah. then the only twist really is that uh, if you die, then you get to go and launch bombs <laughs> from the sidelines. Uh, and it was a big hit. So that leads me to believe that at once Alice Dreams Tournament gets up and going, that's going to be a big multiplayer hit as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. For that. Yeah. So, so that was very exciting. Um, you know, I ended up, uh, kind of going more family friendly with that. And, you know, the Dreamcast still has a ton of games that's really good for, uh, for a retro, uh, you know, video game day like that. So had a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, excellent cutscenes as well, if I remember rightly, in Bomberman Online. Loads of like really nice animated mm. scenes, uh, uh, sequences. Oh, yeah. 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 Wrong. Mm. I like I mean, the, I like the winning state too, where the, all the little bomber men are throwing the winner up in the air. Yeah. He's, okay. he's pretty fun. It's cool. Excellent. All right, then. Uh, okay, moving on to our guest, our guest host, Stephen. Please enlighten us. What have you been doing? What have you been playing, picking up? Two things. Uh, one Dreamcast-related, one non. Mm. Um, Dreamcast-related, Illbleed. Oh, cool. Illbleed cool. is fantastic, and I feel completely misunderstood. Before I actually got the game, I just knew how awesome and cult-following and, you know, amazing game. But there's so much to it. Like... um, I don't know if you know how the mechanics work in it, but essentially, like you, you start the game, you find uh, this little device that you're going through a, a haunted house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you find uh, this this device that allows you to see traps coming up, essentially. But you have five senses, and those five senses tell you what the trap might be. So if your sense of smell goes off, then find something stinky in the room and mark it. Because if you mark it before it scares you, it doesn't scare you. It just gives you more um adrenaline which allows you to access more traps and stuff um and then there's all kinds of upgrades and you can change all different characters and each different levels like a different horror movie it's it's absolutely amazing it it, it completely was even as excited as i was to have it it's way better than i ever thought it would be it's one of those games it's a hidden gem into um it never came out in the in the uk or, or pal territories so it's quite an uncommon game over here really and it does go for quite a lot when it comes up on ebay um the only copy the i only, mean it's worth getting yeah i mean i've played it um off the sd card reader that i've got so that's how i've played oh, nice. it myself um interestingly on the subject of illbleed i read a really fascinating interview with a guy who um, he did an interview. I can't off the top of my head remember which website it was on, but I will put a link in the show notes to this. There was an interview with the lead developer from Blue Stinger, who also worked on Illbleed. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating how much they had to change and, and, and just the development process, not only of Blue Stinger, but also of Illbleed and the way that those two games are linked. Fascinating read. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put a link in the... I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, it's really, really fascinating. But yeah, sorry, Stephen. What was your other game? No, no, it's all good. Um, the other thing is I got the, uh, you know, the NES Classic? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I picked up one. And oh, that God. I've who been did, playing. Who did, you, who did you have to kill to get that? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I work in retail. It's it's very nice. Um, but uh, what what it was was, uh, have you heard about the recent uh, hacking of it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal. I've been putting like better versions of games like hacked sprites and translated Japanese ROMs and like these games that never even came out officially. Like it's 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 so fun just updating the games and putting new box art in and making it professional. And it's just it's it you can fit about 90 games on there it's pretty cool so steven um quickly i I, i've never i've never looked into actually what the process is of actually putting new stuff on what do you do do you have to hook it up to a pc or what i mean how does it work yeah so it's actually pretty easy uh it's essentially you hook it up to your computer uh you get uh dc hack me i think it's called i can find out exactly what no it's called hack chi uh version two or something um if you just 
if, obviously if you Google hack the NES, the program comes up. So the, the program's finally in an executable way. So you don't have to know any coding to do it. You essentially load it up. Uh, it automatically installs a driver. Like you mm. just click install driver, installs it to your computer. Then you, uh, dump the kernel that's already on the NES just in case anything happens. You can like reload it, up it yeah. and fix it. Um, then you install the custom firmware. Once the custom firmware is installed, it's as simple as selecting games. Then it's actually got a button that just says Google that searches Google images for the box art for it. I make my own because I need it to all be the same size and same quality, and I'm really to go that way. Otherwise, <laughs> um, it really freaks you out, does it? Like, Ooh, it yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, would, it would bother the hell out of me. <laughs> like, is that a crease? No. Um, but uh, then there's uh, then you basically just hit uh, load games onto onto system, like load new games onto system. And uh, once you do that, you just hold the reset button and press power when it's already hooked up to your computer and just starts automatically adding everything. Um, but the cool part is that list stays there all the time. So yeah. you can, I can literally just put the system back in and switch out the games like all the time. I think I have a list of like 200 games now that I'm up to that I just keep swapping through. Wow. And uh, playing different ones, but yeah, it's 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 really amazing. I love the CRT filter. It didn't take long for them to to hack that, did it? I mean, a couple of months. Well, yeah, and I think it, honestly, I think it was on purpose. Um, there's actually a message from Hanafuda uh, inside the programming for the system that essentially says something to the effect of emulation was going to happen. Please keep the place clean and don't break anything. Like <laughs> that's cool. That's essentially <laughs> what it said. I was like, that's awesome. Now yeah. I just can't wait for an SNES version to come out. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's really cool. All right, so that's what we've been playing. That's what we've picked up. Okay, we'll take a very minor break, and then we'll be back to discuss the burning issues from the Dreamcast scene. Back after this. Welcome back. You are listening to episode 46 of the Dreamcast Junkyard DreamPod. We're joined by a special guest, uh, Mr. Stephen Robinson from dreamcasthub.com. Okay, news. Let's uh, let's jump straight in. First thing on the agenda, Shenmue. Shenmuehd.com has been registered. I saw this. Uh, it was all over the place Ooh. a couple of weeks ago. I believe the original story came from Sega Nerds and Shenmue 500K, Mm-hmm. Uh, where they discovered that uh, somebody at Sega Europe had registered ShenmueHD.com for whatever reason. What do you think, guys? I mean, to be honest, I thought this probably was just them protecting their IP rather than yeah. actually making an announcement, like, because otherwise, wouldn't they have said something by now? I don't know. What do you think? I, I, think, it's, I think it's more to do with protection stuff than it is a new release. I think they would, have, they would have hyped it by now, wouldn't they? They just want to register it because of all the hashtag ShenmueHD that hap- that's happening. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, the, um, it's quite interesting. You can, you can actually look at, on the British government website, you can actually look at like patents and stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, and copyright files and all that kind of thing. And if you just type Dreamcast in, uh, you can see that they've re-registered it multiple times, but it doesn't mean that they're going to bring out a new Dreamcast. So, no. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, that's that's the big thing that everybody doesn't understand. To protect your intellectual property, you know, you have to make sure you have that stuff registered, so no random person can use it. 
I mean, I do hope there's a PC version. Like, I know that they're, they haven't really said anything about it, but I think the community wants it enough. But all I really care about, I just want a PC version because I want mods, because I want to see how good that game can actually look. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone uh, doesn't want to see a, um, an updated HD uh, remake of, of Shenmue because obviously there are a lot of people who are maybe they've been swept up in the whole hype machine and, and maybe haven't even played Shenmue. So the best way to get <laughs> them into it properly would be to, you know, re-release it on PC or, or whatever console it could could come to, you know. So that's no uh, no bad thing. But yeah, I just thought it would, was worth touching on because we didn't really put it on the on the main blog just because so many other sites had already covered it. I just didn't think there was any point, you know. <laughs> let's yeah. uh, let's jump in and get on the bandwagon. <laughs> I just don't, yeah. see, just don't see the point. Okay, that's uh, shamuhd.com. Okay, next piece of news is the Lightcon, the wireless Dreamcast light gun that works with HD TVs, has uh, been finalised and it actually looks like an official Dreamcast gun. I know the official gun didn't come out in the States, guys, uh, so if you're not sure what we're talking about, then uh, apologies, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the the prototype one that this guy, Chris, the guy who made the DreamCon wireless controllers, uh, the prototype version that he made was using a third-party light gun, and it had a Wii, Wiimote bit sticking out the end, and it looked a bit ropey. But the new version has got all that stuff inside the actual gun, so it just looks like a normal Dreamcast gun. Uh, it's wireless. Yeah, it's got a battery in the handle. It's got a light on it that tells you when the battery's going to run out. It's got virtual VMUs built into it. Also, he's actually reworked the sensor bar. It uses a Wii sensor bar, basically, and he's kind of created it so that it basically goes into the connection with the uh, the VGA connector. And, uh, yeah, it, it works with a VGA uh, screen, works with a VGA HDTV or a CRT. I think it's just a really cool thing. And, um, yeah, this guy, he's, he's creating all these other peripherals. I mean, he did a recently he did a, a keyboard. I believe he's working on a mouse as well, a wireless keyboard and mouse. Uh, I just think it's fantastic that he's still making these new hardware mods for the Dreamcast, you know, with all this wireless technology that he's kind of... Great. It is a bit expensive. That's one of the main things that people aren't too excited about. It's a yeah. $185 uh, for the set and the gun. It's just on its own. If you send your own gun to him, he will mod it and send it back to you with all the other bits and pieces for $135, which yeah. is still a bit much. But It's quite expensive, but people were getting people were getting well too hung up on the fact that it was the price. It, was like, it seemed like people, because people thought it was expensive, they were just going to be negative about it straight away, which was mm. a weird, a weird reaction to something. I mean, the fact is the guy doesn't have an assembly line. No. You know what I mean? Like exactly. he has to custom make this whole thing. Yeah. So I would say because of the handmade aspect of it, it does make sense that it would be more expensive. Mm-hmm. Plus you got a Wiimote involved in all the other stuff. So Yeah, I mean, don't forget he has to he has to actually source the, the gun. Yeah. He has to source the um the Wiimote and the sensor bar and then has to put it all together and actually create these one by one by hand. So when you put it into that kind of you know, perspective, it, it, you can kind of see why he's charging, what he's charging for it. I wonder if he'll do whichever gun you want, yeah. or if he has to use specifically the one that he's using in the pictures. That would be a shame if somebody sent him over the uh, kind of, I don't want to say. Star Trek Zapper? Well, yeah, the lame looking Mad Cats one that yeah, we got is the official one. It's not the, boy, it would be a shame if somebody paid $185. But it's so much safer. It doesn't look like a gun. <laughs> But yeah, I just thought it was really cool that he'd done this and... Uh... Ooh, 
That would be awesome if they used the. I believe it's uh, Has who did the uh, the Dreamcast light gun that looked like like a real gun. <laughs> oh yeah, the yeah, Desert Eagle one. That that would be cool. There was that uh, thing was gorgeous. Yeah, there was a uh, there was one too that looked like another one, uh, but I forget who made it. Uh, there was a couple third party ones that looked like real guns. It'd be awesome if somebody sent one of those in and he tried to fit everything in that. <laughs> there was one. That'd be cool. There was one I saw that looked like a like a. I think it was a Beretta. And it had a laser sight on it. Ooh. I don't know why you need a laser sight. <laughs> I got the, I got the, uh, I got three main ones. I have the Mad Cats one, uh, where I have a couple of those that I got new uh, when they went on clearance back in the day at Toys R Us, and then I have the uh, Pelican one, which is kind of like a weird uh, Halo looking one, oh. and then I have the, uh, um, oh shoot, now I forgot the name. It's it's the sort of it's the big chunky one that came out in the U.S. Uh, well, shoot, never mind. Now I don't have the name of that. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Starfire or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. don't know. Anyway, it's a, it's a cool thing, and uh, yeah, more power to him. If he had like a, I would buy it. If he had a full team behind him and, and they had all the parts, you know, it was really cheap to make. I'm sure it would be cheaper, but that's just the way it is. I mean, yeah. we're, t- we're talking about really antiquated technology now and being, bringing it back up to, to modern standard. But uh, yeah. the next thing I'm sure you saw this uh, the official well I say official Sega Mega Drive emulator it was never actually intended to be released to the public but uh, a gentleman by the name of Laurent I hope I'm pronouncing that right with my really poor French accent uh, he bought a bunch of GD-ROMs and in that collection of GD-ROMs was this strange Mega Drive emulator disc now I remember seeing this a couple of months ago when I went to see my uh, my uh, What's what's the word? Uh, a clandestine? No. Uh, <laughs> my ex Sega contact, uh, who will remain nameless for now. When I went and saw Colin McRae Rally Two and Take the Bullet and all those other unreleased games, he had a copy of this, and I saw it in action, but I didn't know what it was. And when I tried to take video of it, the MacBook hard drive failed, so I lost all the footage. So it kind of just went into the ether. Anyway, this guy got one. He put it on our Facebook group, and I remember I've seen that before. And uh, he sent me a dump of the of the GD image, and I put it on my SD card, uh, played it, and I was like, yeah, this is the same thing I played all those months ago, but I got no footage of. So I put a little video up on the junkyard, put a link to the download, and it just went kind of viral almost. Uh, the amount of people who were like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, guys, I just want to ask, has anyone here actually downloaded and played it yet, the Mega Drive emulator, the official Sega one? No, no. I downloaded it, but I haven't put it in yet. So is this? Uh, so I know there was an official one that was on another disc, uh, and it was. I'm not thinking of the official the the Smash Pack one because mm. this is different than that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not. I, I want to say this sounds familiar that there was another Mega Drive emulator, but maybe I'm just thinking of the same thing, and this is the first time it's actually been available for you know mass downloads. Yeah. So basically, the story is that. Um, 
they were creating this internal emulator for Mega Drive games just for purpose, like testing purposes. That's the story that I've gathered so far. And it was never intended to be released to the public. And it was just kind of passed around internally between Sega employees. And then obviously as time has gone on, things get lost. And then kind of like, you know, when like dev kits turn up on eBay, things like that, it's just, they've just come out into the public domain somehow. We were never meant to see them. Uh, and all of the ROMs on there, uh, one of the guys who actually created the, uh, the, the the emulator has come out and said, yeah, we just downloaded ROMs uh, from the internet and dumped them on there just to see if they would play. They, they, they do play with uh, varying degrees of reliability. Some of them are, are perfect, but some of them are really slow or they've got loads of glitchy graphics. Um, I played Gunstar Heroes on there and that plays perfectly, but the intro screens are all glitchy. So, it, it, like I say, it differs on whether or not they play well. Interestingly, there are some games on there that say Smash Pack in brackets, so they have been taken from the Sega Smash Pack disc or whatever source was uh, the source code was. But yeah, I thought it was worth talking about just because it's um, fascinating that st- something can be can remain like you know not seen by the public for so long. Yeah, and then yeah. and, and then come to the fore. I wanted to get it. I just I don't have a CD burner. <laughs> well, somebody um, unfortunately. Oh, right. Sorry. I was going to say, if you didn't have an SD card, I was going to say that somebody actually did create a, a bootable CD version. But if you haven't got a CD burner, then that doesn't really help. No. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember I remember back in 2007, I did like a huge disc where it was basically just like this. Um, I, I used, and I forget the name of the emulator that I used, but I had like just as many uh, Genesis uh, ROMs that I could fit on one disc. And they all seemed to play fine. Like, I actually went through and I tried them all out. And mm. as far as I could see, there wasn't that many, like, glitches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think the exciting thing from a kind of, like a, like, like a digital preservation point of view is that um, this was actually being created by Sega. You know, it was an official thing that kind of didn't really go anywhere. If you look at the title screen, it does say, like, Sega Europe 2000 or something, or 2001. So I think other emulators that have, you know, come to the fore now came out sort of post-mortem after the Dreamcast had already kind of kicked the bucket, as it were, and developed later. I mean, there are other emulators which are better than this, but this was, for all intents and purposes, one that was being created by Sega. But see what I'm saying? It's, it was, I think it's interesting from that point of view. Yeah. Sorry, it's, Mike. It's, I think it's, it's interesting to see how many more, how much more is out there to uh, find. Mm. Maybe your, um, maybe your, let's, let's call him deep throat of the DC community. We'll um <laughs> we'll pass on some more at some point, but there's there's bound to be other stuff out there which is is um oh undoubtedly yeah really undoubtedly um, black and white. There are some com- uh, collectors in the Dreamcast community who are like really secretive. Yes. Uh, I'm sure there's collectors in in every sort of stream of collecting for video games, but people who don't want Twitter fame, they don't want you know YouTube fame, they just collect because they enjoy collecting. Yeah, and the amount of stuff that we don't see that is in. You know, in these collections, must be phenomenal. There must be so yeah. much stuff that we'll we'll never get you, to see. You get hints that you want assembler sometimes. You sort of see yeah. some, some things that you're thinking, oh, I'd love to see that. But you know, I understand why. You know, under day, it's it's like you said, they, some of them don't want fame, and you know, some people don't have the the inclination to to pass on. There is that other side where some people just don't want to give their rare stuff. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I know, um, I know Pat the Nespunk talks quite a lot about this on his podcast about, um, people who have got all these things in their collections, like, uh, stadium events for the NES. Mm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, keeping them for themselves kind of 
creates a kind of a false economy of of rarity. Yeah, yeah, because because so. he was specifically talking about that one guy who had like just you know boxes. Yeah, yeah of like that. multiple new games that have just never been opened. Mm, and and back in the well, that's from his from preservation standpoint. Uh, those guys aren't the guys that are trying to like drive up the price and stuff like that. Those are guys who just have a collection and they just have their collection. And every once in yeah. a while, that collection comes up. And I think there's probably an awful lot of stuff like that for the Dreamcast because you know it, it was the generation where people kind of realized, oh yeah, a lot of this stuff is is uh, you know people are going to be interested in it later on. So yeah. I think there's a lot of like stuff new and packaged for the Dreamcast, and a lot of like you know weird one of a kind things that people probably have in their collections that you know are just not readily known. So well, like the um, the Lego Dreamcast. Uh, I'm still waiting for somebody else to have made one and put pictures up on the internet. If you've not made a Lego Dreamcast yet, go and have a look on the site and have a, get, the, get the building instructions. Um, right, let's move on. The next thing, there's a new Kickstarter. This is called Escape 2042, and this is from Orion, the same guy who created Zia and the Goddesses of Power and multiple other Dreamcast and PC homebrew games. Uh, guys, have you seen this? I have. I have. What do you think? Oh my god, it looks so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm of the same opinion, to be honest. What do you think, Mike? It's good. I've, I've liked all of Ryan's games so far. Another another attempt at something a bit different. Mm. Looks good. So for those those people who have not seen this, uh, Escape 2042 looks like a it looks like a very kind of lo-fi, retro-themed platform puzzler. Is that the yeah, right term? I'd say yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I quite like it. It looks it looks almost like something like um, it reminds me of like an Amiga game. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know, Mike. If you want to just de- describe what it's about, if you if you can. Oh, I don't. Oh, you've asked me a question that I don't know particularly. Um, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I watched the videos. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Steve, Stephen will do it. There you go. <laughs> no, it's just uh, it, it it's basically so you're you play as a uh, engineer that designed the security systems, mm. um, and you know how to get past the security systems because obviously you designed them. Um, I like how it breaks up the platforming by having little hacking sections where you actually hack into like these little um, terminals mm-hmm. so that you can disable things. I don't know. It just looks like a really cool game. And for some reason, there's like a level you can play on Game Boy. Like I don't know how that's gonna work, but. I guess they're going to give a cartridge out too. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it's coming, yeah, it just looks it, really interesting. It's coming for like the Mega Drive and Genesis as well as the Game Boy and PC, according to the the Kickstarter. I'm just looking at it now. It's got uh, the the funding goal is twenty five thousand euros, and the sixteen days to go, and it's at six thousand two hundred eighty one. So it looks like we might be heading towards another yeah. one that doesn't make it, but it's still a nice idea. And to be honest, yeah, with Orion, that, because it seems a little high. Yeah, I mean. The thing is, though, with Orion, he makes his games anyway, so yeah. even if this kind of doesn't make its target, I, I'm pretty sure that he will bring it out, just because he does, does this stuff it's, it's, in his spare time. It's a fifth, so. fifth game. I mean, it looks like the best offering. Mm. Yeah. I mean, th- I've seen from them anyway. This comes off the back of the uh, the cancellation of the um, In the Line of Fire Kickstarter, mm. which um, mm. has been met with much... Uh, What's the that word? kills me. Yeah, much a disappointment. Not just in the fact that it's been cancelled, but in the in the way that it kind of was cancelled. Um, I, I mean, I speak to uh, Wilson and the other guys quite a lot on the internet, and they seem like they've got a lot of passion for the Dreamcast. So you know, and also they have a really good product. So it kind of it does kind of burn that it, it's not going to get funded. That said, you know, who knows where it could go? I I have no idea why this wasn't supported. I mean, everybody complained about uh, uh, Henshin Engine because. 
Like there is a side goal of Dreamcast just in case they made enough money, but yeah. they still raised enough money. Like they're up to like what is it, like a hundred or something that they got now. Oh, I don't but know. But it's like it, they they got a lot. Mm. But it's basically like this game. He literally came out and said, "Hey, we're only releasing this for Dreamcast. That's it. That's where we want to make it for. That's what we're gonna li- release it for. Do you guys want it?" And like on top of the fact that they're releasing for only Dreamcast. Once, if they hit a certain goal, they would also release the engine so that other people can actually make games for the Dreamcast, allowing more games to come out even still after that. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I felt really bad because it's a guy working really hard. That's, you know, he's, he's got a lot of passion and he's, he's making it happen, but, um, it's just, they didn't get the support they needed. And I don't, you know, I, I can't put, wrap my head around why. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think we, we discussed this on the last uh, podcast and I think Mike had a good point. I mean, even though we, collectively here are all big fans of the Dreamcast and we play it regularly. I think maybe the Dreamcast community isn't as big as maybe we kind of think it is. Do you know what I mean, it's it's one of those systems that everybody kind of remembers and they're like, they know what it is, but they don't maybe own one or play one yeah, anymore. That's, you know a good, I mean? that's a good point. I assume there's a lot of people that uh, fund these games that think, uh, well, they, they fund the games and then they get the game. And it's like a collector's thing, yeah. but they don't actually play Dreamcast games. So I think the sort of people that collect games, they're going to look at certain games as collectible. And you kind of look at in the line of fire and it's like, that just doesn't seem like the sort of game that people just automatically assume, oh, this is going to be a collectible game because True. it's an old school looking game. It's not sprite graphics. Yeah. It's not sprite <laughs> graphics. So yeah, you got all these collectors that don't actually play games, but they just you know have all these games that they just you know, having their collection and it's just like, well, you want to have sprite games and stuff, which is why, yeah, it just, it's, it's a real shame. So from now on have like a 2d sprite version collector's edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the criticisms I saw on the Dreamcast junkyard on the Facebook page. Um, and I'm not singling anybody out in particular here, but some comments saying that the game looked like garbage. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, have you, have you seen this game? Yeah, <laughs> it looks like, yeah, like almost <laughs> looks like a, a, a you know an, an official Dreamcast game. How can you say it looks bad? I mean, compared to a PS4 or a PC, yeah, it's not exactly up to date. But considering what the Dreamcast is limited to, it was amazing uh, that they were able to stretch that much out of it. You know, and those were just first part textures too. They didn't like those are placeholder textures. Mm. Like they didn't even yeah. get to where they needed to be. Yeah, I mean, you if know? you look at what people were doing with stuff like. Um, Oh shoot! Now I forget the name of the game, but all the Half Life mods, yeah, uh, oh, back right. in two thousand five and stuff. Like there was just you know, I mean, it's just it's obviously he was getting the most he could get out without like putting a ton. I mean, to to get something that'd be better looking, it would just the amount of work required would just be insane. Yeah, man, I, I did my best to to support them as well as I could. I mean, to the point where people thought I was like being paid for it, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I I don't know. I just wanted to see them succeed so badly, and it just they deserved it, but it just didn't work out for it whatever. Is, it reason. is a real shame. But I think again, I said it last time as well, is that there is also a certain part where people are just getting a bit. There's too many coming now. How many we got live in the last year? Six or seven Kickstarters. I mean, that's a good problem. Though. It is, but the community is not big enough to be <laughs> able to support it anyway. And that's that's the you know. There's there's people on there. You go to like DC online forums and stuff. People are they love it, but is it going to be? And I think one of the things we said earlier on is about the fact that it's a Dreamcast only game. The other the other games that have got funded have got on other consoles as well. If if it's a game Mm -hmm. just on Dreamcast, 
it's you're all straight away limiting how yeah. many people are gonna are gonna do it. If, you, if you've got it on a Mega Drive, if you've got it on on PC or or whatever, there's another element, another stream of, of people who can actually buy it. True. But I think to be honest with you, point. I think people just didn't. I think I don't know what the reason was. I agree with Tom and, and all of you. I don't know why people said it looked garbage for it. Looked it looked awesome. Um, yeah, it looked amazing. But I think maybe. I think 2D stuff sells better. Maybe it's easier to to class as retro. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I think I think you're right about it's it's exclusivity to Dreamcast is something that Dreamcast purists absolutely love, mm. but doesn't give them the wide enough market to actually fund themselves. I mean, honestly, out of they made 14 grand out of like 150 yeah. backers. So honestly, that's that's yeah, a, that's pretty good. People put a lot of money towards it. You know, I mean, at least tried yeah. to, but. You know. I think I think Escape 2042 is going to be going after the uh, giant abscaling uh, community <laughs> uh, that uh, loves rock climbing in video games. And so I think that's going to be a big crossover hit right there. <laughs> Dude, that was the only reason I wanted. Okay, from uh, from one game that's uh, just about to hit. Well, it's already hit. Kicks, kick, no, I fucking asked that again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Uh, okay, great job. <laughs> okay, from one game that has hit Kickstarter to another game that is now free to download and play. Uh, let's look at a game called Crafty, which is a, a Minecraft clone, uh, which has been ported to the Dreamcast from, believe it or not. A graphic calculator. Oh, yeah. Um, I only, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't make it up. I only, I was at work. Okay, this is how it went down. I was at work, and somebody tweeted at the um, at the Dreamcast Junkyard Twitter account, and I just happened to briefly have a look at it while you know while I was still at work. And somebody said, "Oh, you might you might want to have a look at this." So I clicked on the link, read the little forum post on DC emulation. At this point, nobody had really paid much attention to it. I was like, "Oh, that's nice, cool." I just sent him a message back going, "Oh, thanks, that's very interesting." When I got home, I was just kind of sat around and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at that now and went back on the DC emulation forum, downloaded the the file, put it onto a, a disc, burned it onto a disc and I started playing on it. And I, I must have been playing on it for about 45 minutes and I built like a house and stuff. And I, I, I've, ne- <laughs> I've never really played Minecraft before. I think I played it once in the past on the 360 for about an hour. And this was, you know, quite similar, uh, very, very basic take on Minecraft, but it had all the same elements. You could build things. There's a basic physics, physics engine. You know, you can create uh, explosions with TNT and switches and all that kind of thing. And I just thought, this really? is, this is really cool. So I made a little post. I took some pictures with my crappy uh, USB capture dongle thing and uh, made a little video just of me like blowing stuff up and building like a little house with some bricks and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it got it's gone really popular. I mean, people like Kotaku and, and Polygon covered it uh, on their sites. So uh, thanks to those people for that. But yeah, I, I don't know if, if either of you or any of you guys uh, downloaded uh, Crafty for the Dreamcast and had a go. 
I'm going to tell silence is a no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So my opinions on it. Um, I, I watched the videos. I saw the, I saw the screen. I, I saw everything you posted pretty cool. much while I at least started watching the video. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was wondering, are there enemies in it or no. is it just the basic building? No, it's basic building. So basically the story is that this thing crafty is actually a, a port of, as I said earlier, a, a, a <laughs> for some reason, somebody decided to try and create a Minecraft clone for a graphic calculator cool. called an Inspire, wow. a Texas Instruments Inspire. And so somebody else saw this and then ported that version to the Dreamcast. I just, I love that somebody woke up and was like, <laughs> you know what I got to do today? Yeah. I, I love this calculator, but I like Minecraft just yeah. as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can kind of tell it's basically the, the, it doesn't use any of the Dreamcast like graphics processes or anything like that. It doesn't use the VR, Power VR chip or anything like that. Um, I think it's basically just running on software or something like that. I'm not massively technically minded, so I might be wrong on that. But um, yeah, it, it's very it's very crude. You know, there's not a massive draw distance, and uh, it, it does get a bit choppy at times. Also, there's no the only mode that you can access is you, you, there's no like intro or anything. You just put the disc in, turn it on, and then it just kind of you just appear nice. in this in this like world of of hills and trees, and you can press start to get all the different blocks up on the screen. You can add them to your little itinerary thing at the bottom and then just kind of walk around and just place bricks and demolish bricks and as i say the same i mean things that apply to normal minecraft apply here so explosive explosives lava switches all that kind of thing i'm glad you mentioned the switches and everything because like that's the one thing i was wondering i was like when i was watching the video i was like is this just uh putting different textured blocks down like that was kind of the worry. And then I saw the water and I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm. Awesome. The water actually works. Good stuff. Mm. And I was curious about the rest of it. So you said like there's switches and, and you know, TNT and all that stuff too. That's Yeah, yeah. I mean, very cool. all the basics are in there. I mean, as I say, this is a very basic part of a very basic like clone of Minecraft. So don't expect to have like some kind of story mode or any enemies or anything like that. There's nothing. <laughs> there's literally nothing in the world. You can just walk for, for miles and miles and miles and nothing happens. There's nobody there. You just kind of build stuff or demolish stuff. That's it. Just as like a sort of a, a little demo of what can be done. It's very impressive. No, I was going to say, I just, I, two things I hope. I hope one, some kind of repro company picks it up and actually makes like a press disc with like manual and stuff because I live for physical copies. Um, <laughs> but also like, I wonder what somebody could actually do with this in terms of adding maybe the enemies something to actually hide from you know so that you have a reason to build this house and stuff you know like yeah i wonder what can actually be done with it you know it's it's actually interesting you say that because now that the the basics are actually in place i I can't i mean again (laughs) i might be talking out of my ass here because i'm not a developer but I can't see why somebody couldn't take what has been done by the games. The guy's name is Game Blah Blah. That's his handle on uh, on DC Emulation. So massive props to him for doing this or her. Could be her. You know what yeah. what they've created. Don't assume his gender. I uh, know. Sorry. Shit. I'm gonna have all the SJWs after me now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Um, what what they've created could be you know the basis of something even bigger and better. So who knows? That's the yeah. that's the uh, the magic. I mean, if it runs on a calculator, there's obviously. F- free space for more performance you know yeah 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 it's not gonna be held back by the power there's the version on uh the psp uh called lamecraft and i have no idea if that has enemies or not what's that called lamecraft oh PSP. yeah ports. let's make it happen. yeah oh. so there's, there's if a psp can run a version that has monsters then then again i don't know because it's obviously much easier to release you know the, the psp stuff there's a huge community for that hmm. uh so but i don't know um you know, it seems like if it was easy to do, 
then somebody might have already done it already. But if there's an existing project that's, you know, released for something somewhat similar, then maybe, I don't know, but who knows? The weird thing is that I'm, I'm, I'm for some reason, I, I, I thought that somebody had already made a Minecraft game for the Dreamcast years yeah, ago. I thought that as well. Yeah, and it, I, I've looked for it since, but I can't find yeah. anything. It might be one of those, you know, the the Mandela effect stuff that's going around the internet at the moment, where things change from oh, the past. Yeah. That's <laughs> Maybe, one of my favorite. Things. <laughs> yeah, I love I love watching the videos. You online. saw the Sinbad Genie movie, right? I've, I've seen the video about the Sinbad Genie movie, but I don't remember the sin, the actual Sinbad Genie movie. When everybody I ask about it, literally remembers it. Like was it's it, so weird. Is it Shazam or something? No, it's not Shazam. That's the thing. Everybody says, "Oh, people are just confusing Shazam with Sinbad," and it's like, no. I sort of in the back of my head remember a scene from this stupid movie where Sinbad plays a genie, and it's just like, no, that that happened, and it's completely different than that stupid Shazam movie with Shaq. I believe is yeah. <laughs> there was another one I saw the other day that um really that I. Thought, no, that's 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 definitely wrong. That that's I can't remember what it was though, off the top of my head. Sorry, great story, I know. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I love I love all that stuff about like the the weird thing is like the the Berenstein Bears or whatever it is the Berenstein Bears that was never even a thing here. We I've never heard of it before. This whole Mandela effect thing came came up like on internet forums and whatnot. So that was interesting enough for me just to like look at the. Do you know what? I, I can't stand the way that the Berenstein Bears are like the faces are drawn. No, that mouth, that horrible, like, uh, sort of pointy mouth. It just, oh, <laughs> it's horrible. And the curly toes and stuff. Yeah. And weird Grinch-like fingers. Is that is that actually, like, a big thing? Was that, like, a big part of your childhood, either of you two, over in the States? Oh, yeah. Those were the first books I learned. I remember them. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't remember, like, being super stoked for every single thing that came out about them. The first, the first one that I read was just this creepy one about a tree. And, like, to this day, that's one of the creepiest children's books. And it's, it's so weird, like how different that one book was from the rest of the Berenstein Parent books. <laughs> but yeah, no, those were the books that I learned how to read uh, by reading those, because there's like a million of them. That's my, that's probably like, um, have you ever heard of the Mr. Men? Ooh, the, the Mr. Men. Oh, so I have. Nope. Oh, oh, well, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if that, I'm wondering if that's like, like the Berenstein Bears is like, like a similar thing to the Mr. Men yeah. over, over in the States. <laughs> the British Berenstein Bears. The Mr. Men, yeah. <laughs> When I say it to someone who's never heard of the Mister Men, and they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" It's just like it's so bizarre that you've never heard of it. Uh, but I reckon—is it Mystery Men or Mr. is it Mister Men? Mister, Mi- as yeah. in like, oh, okay. yeah. So Mister, and, and they've all got. There's like one called Mister Tickle, which has got like dead long arms, and there's one called Mister Greedy who eats everything, and uh, it's Mr. kind of Bump. probably like the same. Oh yeah, Mister Bumpy's got bandages yeah. all around him. Oh wait, is that is that okay? So we had the thing called Mister Yuck that you would put Mister Yuck on things that little kids weren't supposed to touch, uh, uh, like cleaning stuff. I don't know if it's the same uh, thing. It might yeah, not. no, it's, it's not the same thing. Like there was Mister Sneeze, who was like a big snowflake thing. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, I just googled it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen them. I just I didn't know the name. <laughs> Oh well, welcome back to the Mister Men and Berenstein Bears <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, guys. Um, so, Crafty on the Minecraft is available now. Just go and look at uh, the website or the, the um, just type Minecraft Dreamcast into Google and you'll find it. Download it, put it on an SD card, or put it on a disc and play it in your Dreamcast. It's good fun. Okay, let's move on. This next topic probably won't mean anything to you guys, but um, me and Mike have been messing with it, and that is the fact that. Trick style of all games is uh, has been turned into iMessage stickers for the oh, iPhone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The big news. <laughs> the big news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Do you know, I, I, I only found this because I was looking on iTunes uh, the other day and I just typed in Dreamcast because I wanted to go to the DreamPod page to see if anyone had left any new uh, reviews on the on the UK store. And it, I, I looked and nobody had. So thanks for that, everybody who's listening. Uh, <laughs> you know, I finally have a reason to buy an iPhone. I've been resisting it, but now yeah. it's not even a choice. you got to get one now, Steve, and that's it. Um, yeah, i got to get, get rid of my Android all that. So yeah, yeah so... Um, so yeah, I was looking at the DreamPod thing, and then underneath it said, "Oh, suggested apps and like other things," you know, because I typed Dreamcast, and then there was this thing. It said Trick Style. I was like, "What Trick Style?" Like, so I clicked on it, and basically all it is is whoever owns the IP to Trick Style now. Obviously, it's not a claim anymore because they don't exist. Um, whoever owns the IP to Trick Style has created um, some iMessage <laughs> stickers of Trick Style, mm. and so I downloaded it, and the only other person who I know who's got an iPhone, obviously, is yeah. Mike, who's obviously downloaded it as well. Um, we were sending each other Trick Style sticker messages the I other day, and, uh, yeah, and it's just like, I was thinking to myself, we're probably the only people <laughs> on planet Earth sending each other Trick Style messages on iMessage right now, so that was quite quite nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say, guys, have you got any thoughts on this? But I, I can pretty much guess already what your thoughts might be. Um and that you don't give a toss. My, my Android's already <laughs> in the trash. Already I mean, it's the biggest, the biggest news of the year, Tom. I think from now on, it's downhill. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue 3 doesn't matter to me anymore. I just wish yeah, I backed it. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking yeah. at I was looking at the um you know like on on the Dreamcast Junkyard, you, you can kind of see how many people have read each like article in the back end of the of the of the blog. And I was looking at it the other day. I was just like, hmm, not many people have read the trick style story, and I, <laughs> I wonder why, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a, it's quite a, a sort of a bizarre and weird thing. I just thought it was worth reporting on. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, uh, get yourself down onto uh, the <laughs> iTunes uh, the iTunes store and download the trick style sticker albums. Cool. Fantastic. Okay, guys. Um I think uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. There's, there's not really anything else that I had on the on the crib sheet to discuss, unless anybody else wants to discuss anything. Nope. Okay, that's the cue for me to uh, <laughs> draw everything to a close. Uh, yeah, um, Stephen, thank you very much for joining us on this particular episode thank of the Dream. Thank you for Dream having Bell. me again. You are the web. Is it? Should I call you the webmaster or the uh, the, the overlord of the dream? The Dreamcast hope. Uh, I like Overlord. Yeah, Overlord's yeah. Down, I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'll take it. Supreme Overlord of the DreamcastHub.com <laughs> website and also the Facebook group. I was going to say, do you want to kind of give your like stuff a, a pimp? But I've kind of already done it. Uh, you can also be found on you <laughs> on YouTube. Is that correct? Yep, Dreamcast Hub on whatever you're using. Just search for it. <laughs> yeah, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Message. LinkedIn. I message, yeah, I message. <laughs> it's when you release those sticker packs, that's when I'll get involved, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks uh, thanks very much for having, well, for, I was going to say thanks very much for having us on, but thanks very much for being on the podcast. Uh, that's Dreamcast. You're welcome. <laughs> it's great to have you guys on. It's dreamcasthub.com. Okay, guys, uh, thank you, Caleb, for joining us. You are also on YouTube. Where can you be found? Um, I'm on YouTube at Blandco. Uh, so that's Bland and then CO afterwards. Uh, and on there, I've been talking recently about a lot of Dungeons & Dragons stuff and why you should be running your game of Dungeons & Dragons more like Dark Souls Ooh. and what the benefits of that are. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up there. Excellent. Okay. And uh, Mike, you can be found on the internet at... <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say a rude answer there. Um, space underscore turnip on Twitter. 
Excellent. Okay, uh, I can be found on Twitter at Tom Lisi, and we can all be found collectively on Twitter at the DC Junkyard and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dreamcast Junkyard. And we also have a group which is you know quite uh, popular. And uh, yeah, you've also got a group as well, haven't you? Uh, haven't you, Stephen? So you know, be a member of both. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Uh, facebook.com slash groups slash DC Hub. Okay, that'll do it for this particular episode. Thank you very much for listening. Before we go, I just want to give a very like you know heartfelt thank you to all the people on Patreon who donate uh, one dollar a month. Uh, it's you know that's very much appreciated. It helps us keep the DreamPod going uh, and uh, advertising free. Uh, that's patreon.com forward slash the Dreamcast Junkyard. Thank you to everybody who who does uh, donate a uh, dollar a month. That's amazing. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this particular episode. And we'll see you on the next one. Everybody say goodbye. 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 It's time for some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go. Please stop this disc now. 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 Now.